Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I am Chris here with my co-host and cousin, Neil. What's going on? Welcome back. Welcome back. What's going on? Lots of watching done. I have committed to watching every episode of Captain Marvel for the sake of our viewers so that I can bring them this Marvel. The commitment. That's right. I owe it to the viewers. Um, yeah, we there is so much TV out right now. True. That we are going to talk about Miss Marvel. We are going to talk about Stranger Things. Oh yeah. Um. There's some stuff that we are going to be talking about in the future, um, because we have a lot of catching up to do. Like the boys, for instance, is one. Um, I have a couple recommendations for you that I've, I've really enjoyed um, that you can watch at your leisure um, oh, really? for, for both my co-host and for the audience, uh, two really good shows that I'm enjoying. Um, so we'll talk about that. I can dig and then it. We both went and saw the new Elvis movie. Yes. Which was... Something it to was discuss. definitely so a Baz Luhrmann we'll, joint. We'll do that. Um, let's start because I don't know how in depth of a discussion this is going to be this week. Let's start with Miss Marvel. Here's how I feel I feel like they're starting to hit their stride. Okay, okay, like I, I had the first this this last episode where. They went back in time and they were in um, British occupied India it was the first episode where I was kind of like, okay, I, they're doing a thing. I can see where we're going. Um, I'm still not in love with it, Yeah, but it was less of a slog. To You're get enjoying it. it a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, you know, credit where it's due. I think that culturally they're doing a lot of interesting stuff. I think yes. they're um, opening up. Uh, they're, they frankly, could have gotten into some dangerous territory. What with the um, conflicts going on at that time between all of the races and creeds and everything in that region. But regardless of that, I think they did a good job. I also think the family dynamic has become more tolerable. Like it seemed to me, her relationship with her mother was like basic was your average, you know, she disapproves she's a rebel it's a whole thing and i was it was boring me but now like the grandma the mother her the relationship these characters are all having plus the red daggers i i'm i'm very interested in i'm i'm back in a little bit how about yourself okay yeah i think um for me actually i, I feel like it's slowed for me the, interesting the, the last couple episodes and the reason being is, and I think this is something that um, kind of plagues um, a lot of the Marvel shows, is that it seems like there were a lot of things that they just brushed over quickly and haven't really explained. Not that I right. need a full, like, plot-heavy explainer from like one of the characters but there's certain things that aren't as fleshed out um that i would like like Fair the enough. red daggers they just kind of get into it you they know did what I mean? just and appear it's like, yeah oh she's just cool with them now like automatically she's like, like yeah trust i trust instantly. them yeah. instantly you know what i mean there's certain like um givens that they they need the audience to take that um you know, certain like leaps of faith that uh, I feel like are due to the um, the low episode count. Yeah. Um, So things like that, things like I still don't understand fully the nor dimension. I know they keep sprinkling things in there. Like if, if Thor had landed in Pakistan, he would have been considered a jinn and, um, now here's all that stuff but it's still like not 
well, fully but, clear to me what's going on there. The Thor thing, I think, was an interesting and not unintentional drop. Uh, but right. what do you think the connection will be? Because they, they were very specific to say there are many other dimensions around us. This is just one of them. My understanding is that a dimension mm. is similar to like a realm. Okay. So because they keep bringing up the Thor analogy, it's really just like another planet, just really, really far away. Okay. Well, that's essentially what Thor is, right? The Asgard, yeah, Asgard is like a... he's, Thor is technically in the MCU. He's an alien, right? But his realm, he calls it a realm. Others right. would call it a dimension, whatever is so far away that it might as well be considered another dimension rather than just like another planet, another place. But the impression the I'm getting from the latest episode was this dimension is like on top of ours and will crush ours. So that's where things get confusing because yeah. then when you're, when you're talking about that, that's um, now you're getting into incursions and another universe Yes. So that's not the same to my, in my mind, that's not the same as a dimension. So I'm thinking what basically what they're doing is she can use her bangle as again, to keep going with the Thor analogy as a way, almost like as a rainbow bridge, right? Okay. Like a way to teleport to them, to the dimension, the planet, whatever it is, right. the area of the, the, this existing universe that they need to go to. The problem is her using the bangle is an imperfect rainbow bridge. So it could cause, uh, I don't know, time warp, uh, transport, teleportation, wh whatever it is, it could go Major wrong. issues. Right. I... And Willie, all right. Like, it's uh, almost like she uh, yeah. can teleport their dimension, their planet, whatever you want to call it, and she accidentally teleports it onto ours. I feel like that's a better explanation. Like, what you just gave should be what it is. Um, I don't right. know that that's necessarily where they're going. I don't going. know that that's what it is either, but that's where that's I'm what going it with it in my yeah. head. Correct. So, I mean, that's my only concern now with this show. Like, if I took out my elements of, like, feeling just a bit too old for it, uh, the fact that it, I thought it was slow, like, if I took those elements out and I focused just on story, just on how it fits into the MCU, I think we need to focus on a specific uh, dimension, universe, another world earth two style of uh, program so like because they're uh, what i'm waiting for is an, a, a scene in the next movie or in the next show where it's like we're in a laboratory and someone just is exposition basil exposition and just says it all it's like well this is what it is and there's bangles and there's that and da, 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 but really it all combines into such and such because now they've gotten too far flung like the good thing about the lead up to Avengers uh, Infinity War was there was all these other elements, but from like the second move, by the time we got to Captain America, almost, we really knew what we were doing. We were like, okay, he, they got to get all the stones. The stones are considered different things by different cultures and different worlds. So some of them are in the ether. Some of them are square. Some of them are this and that. Um, but they all fit into this glove and we have one threat. I think we need to focus up. There's no longer the one threat thing. And I know in our last episode, you brought up that Kevin Feige said that's coming. Like we're going to soon realize what the threat is. Well, they they need to hurry. That's my point. They need yes. to hurry. Yes, I and uh, I don't necessarily think I necessarily need that from Miss Marvel, mm. um, because but this I need is to a know how it's smaller fits. show. But yes, and I think we're gonna get that because we will get the the Captain Marvel cameo by the last episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing, just to throw a wrench in it, is then there's like. Shang-Chi, there was another dimension technically too. 
right um that they go to when they fight the dragon and and that whole thing now is that another plan is that a dimension i what is what is what is the difference between a dimension and a universe and right another just another area of the universe that's something that i would love explained like you said like i'm not a big fan of exposition for exposition's sake but at this point we're getting to the point where like we need it because i'm i'm getting lost in how these certain things work and i'm not sure that they even know yet that's the thing i'm getting the impression that they don't know which which are you know right makes me nervous because these are the prepared guys these are the anti-dc like i don't want to lose the thread here exactly and we might have momentarily lost it and we're just going to pick it back up in a couple movies that because you know they had that summit earlier in the year to really plan the future of the mcu movies it would have been nice for them to do that before all these phase four movies started coming out um these kind of seem like a little bit of a placeholder a little bit of nuggets here and there on where we're going as far as like the multiversal stuff is concerned i think that's definitely going to be a huge thing um agreed but we will see as we continue on. Let's move on. We'll talk about Ms. Marvel again next week. Let's yep. talk. What are we talking? Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Spooky yes. Things. Spooky Things. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to lead. I'm not going to bury the lead. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I thought it was excellent. I thought... It was going to be hard to top the Kate Bush uh, running up that hill sequence. Mm -hmm. And I think this was different, but almost just as good. And and we'll talk about that sequence in a second. Okay. Uh, um, However, I'm going to, I'm going to skip to the end. I thought this should have been the series finale. And I'm kind of upset but not really because I'm all for having more of it, but I'm kind of upset that it's like going to have another season. I thought that was such a perfect way to end everything. Like it's you, they get out of the upside down. They figure out how everything connects. The, the Demogorgon from the first season or two was number one, Vecna, who was trying to figure out a way to get through to the other side. That failed. Now he needed to do it himself. You know, and then they defeat Vecna ostensibly, but not in time because this other thing happens. So there's this rift and crack mm-hmm. in uh, Hawkins. But leave right. it at that. Like that's what I thought they should have left it as. Interesting. So you would, ju- yeah, but that's such a huge cliffhanger. No, but I mean, like you won, but in the process of winning, this was the damage that was wrought. Like this was the price of winning. That person oh. died. It was the fourth bell. Okay. And so it it cracked the, the gate. Yeah, but then that's the cliffhanger because now the, the gate is open. What happens now that the gate is open in Hawkins? Well, you wouldn't want to know? You'd want to be left with that? But I would have, like, the way I read it until they were all looking into the sky was it cracked, but it didn't create an opening like things weren't pouring through because we would have seen that no that that was that was the opening because and here's why and this is full spoilers obviously um because they mike myers vetna right vecna they michael myers him so he was still alive which uh, yes irks me a little but it was excellent i mean uh, look so let's 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 go back piece by piece i thought that you would have loved that that little Easter egg that they did, that little nugget. Oh, oh, listen, I appreciated it. I just think for the sake of the show, it would have been better had they let it be. You know, um, had this been the series finale. But I'm I get happy it. with them doing one more season just to tie everything up because there were a but, lot of people that... Yeah, good. There, there are certain characters that certainly could have had um, closed character arcs. Like you have Joyce and Hopper. Yeah. Like that's a story that could have ended. Um, you have I, I don't I don't even know who else though. Like 
because you still need um, that you still need a, a, a closed loop with Will. And they s- largely sidelined Will and Mike yeah. and yeah. Jonathan, I think the guy's name is, the the, the they, boyfriend, the right. brother of Will and the boyfriend of What's-Her-Face. Like, they got sidelined. And I think Will is getting a little bit shortchanged Yes. And outshined by Max this season because of the oh. trauma she goes through with and the upside down. But like, excellent. let's not forget that Will was trapped in the upside down for an entire season and possessed by the upside down for an entire second season. So like, right. that dude, like, I get Max is gonna want her revenge, but that dude n- needs his revenge on on Vecna. I all concur. That he went but also that's like i think that's what they led to because the end of this season obviously he's going to be the key to something yes like that was very very obvious Mm -hmm. um having said that i thought it was good enough like hopper's back his whole adventure awesome he's you know they're they're gonna get but they're back from russia now, next season, we have to figure out how they're going to bring Hopper back to life and explain what happened, you know, for the rest of Americans. Uh, then, you know, the Russian guy. Okay, good. We're done with him. I'm okay. Everybody else's storyline I could have tolerated. But, I'm look, I'm excited for the next season. Want to see how it goes. This season felt to me like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie on steroids. Okay, you've got a killer that gets you essentially in your dreams, you know, when you're at this vulnerable uh, phase like state, which I loved you, you know, the outside can still pull you out, which is a very, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Streety thing. But the kid who shined for me this season is uh joseph quinn eddie munson yes oh dude uh you know and he's english which is acceptable but you know unbelievable does a great american accent uh his scene okay the kate bush scene of this last two seasons last two episodes of him on top of the uh winnebago playing the guitar attracting all the like bats out of this world amazing yeah that was that was a great scene as they're kind of intersecting between um going back and forth between what everyone's doing um i i loved it but i was confused where the sword came from that hopper had oh yeah okay yes where did that well, I guess they all had weapons now that I'm thinking about it yes. they were all like able to select weapons and use to fight the monster um, yeah I don't know why that sword never worked beforehand before? yep. I guess because the demigorgon had never been lit on fire before so there's some liberties that they took a um, few liberties it, they were kick ass liberties like, it, yes liberties that I was okay with because right. they were cool um right. I loved Eddie. I thought Eddie was great. Eddie Munson. Um, but you know what? Spoilers. He's one of those characters where like they kill him off because yes. it's he's a new character and it's hard to tell what the audience response Reaction. is going to be um to a character, but they do a really good job even still. Like listen, there's already so many characters, so at least what they do with with a character like Eddie Munson um, you had it with, um, oh, and I, fr- I forget his name from season two, Joyce's old boyfriend. Oh, Sean Astin. Sean Astin. You yes. had it with him as well, where they have, they create these Astin. characters. You even had it with Max's brother, where they create these characters yeah. yep. that you, in some cases love in other cases, like Max's brother love to hate but you enjoy seeing the character. You make these strong connections with these mm. characters either way in the brief time they're there. Well, and they and do a great job. That's of how good the writing the is. the loop 
yeah. on those characters and making their deaths but mean they something. they got me again because i was like rooting for him hoping he survived joined the cast that kind of thing like that's how good the writing is they got me one last time however towards the end i was like they have to kill this guy because i didn't like i couldn't figure out how they were going to write themselves out of the hole because everybody thinks that kid's a murderer so there is no way like what are you going to bring back you like vecna and put him on trial like there was no right. way to clear no, him. they did i think they did that perfectly yeah um and it's one of those things where the show the show writers said um you know because you had um the the actress 11 say mm. that they needed to like kill off some characters because there's too many she said that like in an interview or something yeah and the duffer brothers who are the creators of the show the writers of the show they said you know they're not game of thrones right like they're not just trying to kill not that game of thrones killed people to kill people yeah but they're but not like, doing it for shock they're, they're not doing this for shock value this is like yes it's a horror show and stuff like that but this is about the the kids and and everyone there and yeah it's I think we've gotten to a point because everyone was trying to predict who's going to die, who's going to die, who's going to die. This main character is this main character, yeah. um, you know, talking about all this when really, when you think about it, it was pretty light. You get Papa gets killed in the second to last episode. Then you get Eddie killed. And then the, the preppy white guy yes. gets split in half, which was an awesome but death. Can we talk for a moment? About that's all this. we needed. That is all we needed. I'm good with it. Also, I have so enjoyed Matthew Modine. Like, I'm, I hope he's back a little because uh-huh. I think he did a great job playing this, like, malevolent force. And that character, it, to me, is so reminiscent of the, like, B-movie, B-TV show, crazy doctor who's got this wild idea. Like, I loved it. Um, however... We do keep like whitewashing or, or uh, s- sweeping under the rug the mass murders that Eleven commits. Like she is, they in the first in the first couple episodes of this season, they eliminated because we all thought she killed all those kids in the uh, in the like bunker, right. and then she escaped. Hadn't. She hadn't, but we find out now that she hadn't. Yep. But we, we essentially thought that because mm-hmm. from season one up to now, it's like, what have you done? What have you done? So, okay, fine. I'm good with that. I was like, okay, they have to clear her name. They have to make her a good person. I get it. But then she just like explodes a helicopter and 12 people on the ground and, 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 and no one, everyone's good. We're all good. We're going to yeah, get those, back in the pizza car. Those were bad guys. Wow. Wow. Just the saying. helicopter people were bad guys trying to just, kill her. They literally had a sniper. They were trying to shoot her. And then everyone ah. else that was on the ground, they were already shot dead. She didn't kill any of them. Okay, those they were people. shot dead by you. the bad people in the By helicopter. the bad guys. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'm just saying she seems really well adjusted. All yeah. things considered. All, All things, things considered, considered, good for her, right? Yeah. Um, good for her. I think, so I want to look at to, to the future a little bit. Um, yeah. Obviously, we both really enjoyed the season. We both really oh, yeah. enjoyed the last two episodes. They were a Definitely. little bit long in the tooth, but I was fine with it. Um, <clears throat> looking at the last final season, yes. I think a big under the radar thing that's going to come into play um, that I think people are sleeping on is the the element of not necessarily time travel, but the element of time. And here's why the, okay. the, before the season came out, we got the, you know, the teaser trailers where you had the clock and you had the ticking and people yes. were like, Ooh, yes. we're getting time travel. We're getting time travel. They thought that was going to play heavily right. in this season. It didn't. Right, right. Um, no. I don't necessarily know Flashbacks, that time, but not time travel, travel is going to occur mm-hmm. in the next season, but time is going to be an important element because a big open thread that I really hope they think is a big open thread and that they're going to, they're going to close up for us in the next season Mm -hmm. is the fact that the upside down is stuck in time, which I loved the fact that it's essentially stuck 
in the year and the moment that Eleven created it. Yes, that's something we need an explanation for. Well, perhaps. I mean, I thought it was, it's essentially this hell dimension that she consigns uh, Vecna, one, number one, two, and that's why it's stuck in that moment in time. Is it it stuck in the moment in time then, or is it stuck in the moment of time when when Will gets taken? Or are those two fairly simultaneous? Because um, I, I, I'm forgetting the name yeah. of the character, but um, but Will's Mike's sister, yes, says when she's looking through her books, mm-hmm. the last entry. Yeah, Nancy, when she's looking through her diary, the last entry is the day that Will went missing. Right. So is that the same day that the portal opened up? I hmm. assumed that the portal was open for a little bit before Will well, yeah. traveled into there. The, uh, agreed, but that just happens to be the last time that person wrote in that diary. No. She had other entries. before. She was looking for her other entries, and they weren't right. there. I don't know if that's a little plot hole that might be a plot hole i didn't there. notice um but i'm assuming that there's a little bit more to yes. that element um than oh the day that 11 opened up the door because you know will might not have gone in to right the, i'm assuming there's a good amount of time between 11 opening up the gate accidentally to will getting sucked you in. know sucked sucked into the the upside down I okay, that's very good. I think you discovered something there. I'm gonna, I might do a rewatch mm-hmm. and figure that out. But here's the other thing that interests me what are all these creatures in the upside down? Because if it was created by her in that one moment, essentially there'd be nothing there except one. So here's my understanding of it yes, the upside down existed. Okay. Eleven didn't create the upside down. What mm-hmm. she did was she opened up a gate to the upside down. To the upside down. When she killed one. Number one. Right. One goes through hell. Right. When he gets transport teleported to the upside down. There's a little remnant of a gate open now, right? That's slowly yes, right. will grow over time. And he's wandering through and discovers that that we'll call it dust. Yes, right? you, that big whirlwind of dust that we see Joyce and um, and Hopper see Find in, Russia. in Russia, right? Correct. So my uh, guess, and they haven't fully explained this, is that somehow is the way for uh, Vecna to create the hive mind that he creates. Because what he does is he disperses that using Mm -hmm. his um, telekinesis and all of that. He disperses it out to all of the upside down creatures and then is able to control them through that. So So my assumption is the dust is trapped and that's why the demi-dogs and everything in the Russia lab, like they must have they must have taken that dust out of them and that's mm-hmm. why they were dormant. Okay. Because once that in. breaks open, it yeah. sucks back in and they're back in the hive mind when, when they return to the. So facility. you feel, you feel this is because again, when season one started, it, it appeared as though, you know, the military is experimenting and there's these scientists uh-huh. and all that other dimensions. This is a very, very dimension heavy episode. I know. Maybe. Right. Yeah. So like, all right, it's it's a it's a horror dimension that they're looking to explore and understand the science of and everything else and blah blah blah. All right, I can I can dig it. I can get behind that. I will also give a shout out and kudos to uh, someone I've missed for a long, long time. Was doing an excellent job in both this series, and he's having a bit of a. Uh, uh, sans. Um, Paul Reiser, because he's in this, he's in the boys, he's doing his thing. I'm loving him. I think he's um, uh, he's yeah. in the McKin- the Kaminsky method. I mean, Paul Reiser is 
Uh, excellent. He should be in everything. And I love that they put him in it because I think when they first put him in, it was a homage to aliens uh, and yep. his character there, which I just dig. So kudos to him and kudos again. I'm going to give a shout out to the guy who plays Argyle. Yeah. Because, man, he was a great addition to the show. Yes, agreed. He was a lot of fun. Argyle. <sighs> um, a lot of fun. And, and shout out to the name. Yes, from... Where's that from? Die Hard. That's right. Living the life. Um, A nice little nod little to Die Hard there. All right. What do we have next on the docket? Um, we are going to talk Elvis. Yeah. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on on Hulu. Okay. What's that? What's going on on Hulu? Good things. So, first of all, um, Only Murders in the Building is back. Unbelievable. Are you We're caught up? Pick, I haven't watched the this past episode. Um, I've watched the first two. Um, we'll pick up on Only Murders next week. Yes. Um, now that we have no Stranger Things. But there's two other shows on Hulu that have been really, really good. One had all of its episodes dropped um, all in one day. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other is a a Hulu FX partnership. So it debuts uh, Thursday night on FX and then comes to Hulu the next day. So that's a weekly show. Um, So that weekly show is called The Old Man. The Old Man. And I've off, off, you know, off air, I've talked to you a little bit about this. This is a show starring uh, Jeff Bridges. Who I enjoy. And John Lithgow. Who I love deeply, John Lithgow. And it's all about um, Jeff Bridges' character, who I guess he's the old man. He used to do some secret for special forces, uh, you know, FBI, CIA stuff back in the day um in in the middle east and did some things that he had to you know kind of hide away and and create a second and third and fourth and fifth life for himself to to keep out of the um keep out of the light of the authorities and john lithgow still works for the cra um he helped hide uh jeff bridges character but now things are coming back the past is coming back and jeff bridges has to come out of hiding and he's running away from the authorities while john lithgow is trying to find him so that he doesn't get in trouble for his past it's very very good it's all there's some amazing action sequences jeff bridges god bless him doing some doing of the action sequences that he does especially in the first episode are absolutely wild um i think you'll love the show i think you should check it out i'm diggity down two was a show called the bear yes which is i think my favorite show of the year that is a bold bold statement this show is so heartfelt and it deals with serious stuff, but by the end of it, it's it's ultimately about a a ragtag group that that comes together um, and becomes a family, while the main character is able to you know heal his some some emotional scars and wounds that he has. Um, it's basically about a um, chef who had gone and traveled around the world um, to become the, uh, uh, a renowned, a well-renowned chef and work in the best kitchens and all of that stuff. And he comes back home to Chicago uh, after his brother commits suicide and the brother leaves him their rundown family restaurant, local family right. restaurant that they have. And now he has to this, you know, 
renowned chef has to take the, his ragtag group that's in the kitchen and try to build it into a um, an actual working money making restaurant um, without losing the the hometown original uh, originality vibe. vibe, you know, without making it you know too fancy and stuff like that. Um, it's really really great. It's got some of the best performances of the year. Um, it's got an incredible penultimate episode that is like just one tracking shot for 20 minutes in like a chaotic kitchen um that i think i read a little bit about the that episode and they were saying that they basically did four full takes of the entire episode and then one of the takes is what what they kept um it's really really great um it's funny. It's, you know, dramatic. It it's makes you feel good. It makes you feel things. I loved it. And I would recommend it to anyone. All right. I can dig it. Makes you feel things. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Like yes, it. it does. Makes you feel all the things. Let's talk Elvis. Let me tell you about Elvis. I have, I have thoughts on Elvis. Uh, it was so staunchly a Baz Luhrmann joint. Um, I did not like the intermingling of different music. You know, I think the Moulin Rouge uh, that he did, that was the spot for that. But we're talking about Elvis, uh, American icon, a global phenom. I don't think we need other stuff. And, and it just, there was moments where it didn't fit. Uh, I want to know your opinion on your boy, because he is your favorite, uh, Tom Hanks. He was playing the bad guy, essentially, and he was really making an interesting choice with that accent. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I'll say is I, I'm, I haven't watched much Baz Luhrmann, if any. Word. Um. From what I know about him, this is very consistent with his previous work. Yes. And this is just what he does. So when people say it was too, it's too hectic, it's too unclear, you don't it know, very it's Baz jumping Lerman. around too much. That's what Baz Luhrmann does. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really going to complain about that aspect of it. Like that is what it is. That's fine. Um, I just found that the movie wasn't consistent. Define consistent. So, like, there were certain things, there were a lot of things that were being done in the first half of this film. Right. That just completely go away in the second half of the film. One one that you pointed out was Mm. the music. Yeah. They're only integrating other genres and other music in the first half of the film. And then they don't do that in the second half. They're only jumping around, doing all this jumping around and quick cutting between past and present and all this in the first half of the film. They're not doing it in the second. Um, I, so I don't, it seemed like that first half he was only doing because really the story he wanted to tell was Elvis in Vegas. And he was trying to get prior to as he could prior to Elvis in Vegas, he was trying to get us there as quick as possible. Um, Trying to merge uh, his type of uh, musical biopic with a Mm. traditional musical biopic on top of just the single story that he wanted to tell, which was um, the relationship between Elvis and his manager and everything that happened in Vegas. Now, to me, just make that movie. That's it's okay. Agreed. I don't need all Agreed. the past stuff. If if that's like it felt like he felt obligated to do yeah. all of that, and we didn't need it. I agree. I was less, and this might be blasphemous, but I was less interested in uh, Elvis's youth and rise than I was in his stardom. Like I would have liked to see Elvis movie star, Elvis. Uh, comeback, which we got a little bit of. I felt like we got no Elvis movie star. We got a little Elvis comeback, 
And then we got the Vegas stuff, which yeah, was amazing. Plus, they go through like they go through really they go really out of their way to like explain certain things that are kind of minor that didn't need as much explanation. Yes. For instance, um, you have the fact that um, Tom Hanks's character was able to use um, Elvis's paranoia and fear of yeah. his safety and security as an excuse for him to not leave Stay Vegas and, right. and not tour the world. Um, and they do that by interplaying, you know, oh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Right. Uh, uh, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Like these, these big figures, they're all being assassinated or shot or whatever. And that's making Elvis fearful for himself. Right. Right. But they have to show like his entire 30 year life in order to do that explanation. Whereas there's probably a better way to do that, especially considering that's a big lip that's a big leap and liberty that you're taking um by assuming that's what was going on there right um uh, so it just that is a li- big leap right I, it seemed a little yeah. weird uh to me um in that sense there's a little bit of like um i know there's the whole the there's the whole i don't know controversy or dynamic or whatever that there are people that um, have wanted to say that Elvis was racist or wanted to say that oh. he was culture, culturally yeah. appropriating right. and things like that. This tries to tell the angle, well, no, he just had a deep appreciation for, for the culture music. And so, and you know, uh, there's, it's tough to show that there's any evidence to those claims outside of the mm. fact of the type of music that he made. Um, yeah. So that's tough to really a tough accusation to yeah. back up. Um, the things that are a little bit more like, I don't know, like makes you squirm in your seat a little bit is his uh, relationship with his wife that they don't dive into. They, well, they don't they dive completely in because gloss over it. Yeah. They make it seem like it's a traditional thing and it yeah. very much was not. No. Um, that's where Elvis is actually controversial mm-hmm. with his um his uh yeah accused apparently and and apparent because he started dating her when she was like 14 15 14 years, years old. old yeah and apparently he had an affinity for younger women yeah yep, yep, yep. so that's not great right that doesn't make you feel good uh, no. watching going into this movie and want, knowing that and then seeing it just you know portrayed in the way that it does um controversy aside let's talk tom hanks you brought up tom hanks uh yeah i mean i think he did a great job he, the character did have an accent but i feel like tom really leaned in to to this role slash you're playing a guy who essentially is a snake oil salesman, like is a, a con man and wielded such awesome influence over possibly the most prolific star of the age. Like, I mean, that is, that's an interesting story to tell. Yeah. I think like, you know, Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Um, He's my favorite actor of all time. I love everything that he does. I think he, um, I've said on the podcast before that no one has had a better run of, of movies than, yes. than Tom Hanks's run uh, from like Sleepless in Seattle to Catch Me If You Can, like right. it, the, the late 80s to the early 2000s. No one has had a, a better run in a 10 year span than him. Um, I also don't think that there's anyone that can that has successfully or as successfully been able to um, do comedic and dramatic performances in the same way that he does. Okay, um, I can support that too. He is the best at that. He is, in my mind, the the most well-rounded actor in 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 that he can do the most the most the different types of parts this i did not enjoy the accent choice um uh, yeah it, really it was a little hard to off. 
it was hard to follow. I don't think it was, I don't think that this was a good performance because of that. It was the rare poor performance from, from Tom Hanks. Um, I think if he nixed the accent, this could have been a good performance. I mean, this wasn't my favorite movie, but it could have been a good performance or I, I think ultimately the, the taking the positive out of it is this is the type of role that I would like to see Tom Hanks do more. I think because you can't, you can yes. count on one hand less than one hand, the amount of times Tom Hanks has played the played villain. The yeah. And that's the, I think like, I don't know. You want to talk about legacies, whatever. It's all like, d- doesn't matter in, in the long run. But I think that's the last thing that he is to like, quote unquote, master. prove he can do and master that he hasn't so, really done yet. Here's my thoughts on that. I agree. I'd like to see Tom Hanks play more of a villainous role. Um, I think like I enjoyed this movie and we can talk about it in a second. But I would actually go back and watch a Colonel Parker movie with Tom Hanks. Like truly, yeah. even though this was technically from the view of Colonel Parker, it was very Elvis heavy, very him doing things, which is, you know, it's an Elvis movie. It's called Elvis. So I get that. Um, I loved it. Like I, but I'd watch a Colonel Parker movie because that is a villainous, uh, deeply intricate, deeply flawed, uh, um, paranoid character. And Tom Hanks is a good enough actor to be able to do that. So I agree with you there. He's, I mean, he's ultimately the most interesting part of the movie. Absolutely. Um, well, his, I mean, his arc. I mean, yeah. Elvis is interesting, but there's a lot of things that they just do that they, again, don't explain. Like his drug habit is just something right. that happens to him and they don't really give reasoning for why that happens. For him. how like, it comes about. There's, there's certain things that like they show that happen in his life that like they don't give any basis for why we would believe that character would that his character would do what he's doing like it just seemed like such a sharp turn for him to take to just all of a sudden now he's a drug addict now he's a drug addict like i know it more served the purpose of the story to get to where they wanted to go as opposed to like really um you know showing us not telling us uh yes Showing us, not telling us. Um, his drug abuse was legendary. Um, his kind of visits from Dr. Feelgood, also legendary. But I think, I mean, you got to give this kid credit, this Austin Butler kid. I didn't realize, I was looking at him like, this kid's familiar. Austin Butler, in his youth, was in Yoga Hosers, a movie written, directed, and produced by kevin smith from jersey represent and i was like why do i know this kid so he has come quite a long way but he i think i think he did an absolutely excellent job as elvis like i i could not have asked for more i think he nailed it um i i also here's the other thing an elvis movie has going for it if it's done correctly the music transports you like it is so deeply ingrained in america it is so deeply uh like even children today who don't you know have that connection to the past or who don't feel nostalgia the way we do because everything's happening in real time you know they're in the on the internet their faces in their phone even they i feel like would know elvis and would have an understanding of of elvis so all those songs, they did my favorite song. My favorite song that Elvis does is, um, and it only recently became my favorite, but it was prior to the film. Uh, if I Can Dream, the song he essentially, they claim he writes after uh, Bobby right. Kennedy's death. I, I, A, I loved that song. B, I loved seeing the real Elvis in the comeback special do that song. It was like powerful. Mm-hmm. And I was worried. I was like, well, I don't know. Are they going to hit that hard? Then when I saw they were talking about Martin Luther King, talking about Bobby Kennedy, I'm like, oh, okay, this is where they're leading to. And I thought he did an excellent job with that scene. Like, I thought that was emotional and he conveyed it. Yeah, I, my relative distaste for the movie aside, I think Austin Butler had a, um, 
Oscar nomination worthy performance. Uh, agree. He really became Elvis um, and did a really great job. Um, so I will, I would, I would definitely not knock um, his performance. Um, I thought he was excellent. I support that. Um, okay. We're going to leave it at that for this week. Um, next week. Are you going to be able to go see uh, Thor 11 Thunder this weekend? Let me tell you something. I am going to stop traffic and go see <laughs> Thor 11 Thunder this weekend. Okay. So next week we are going to talk Thor 11 Thunder. We're both oh, going to yes. go see it. Um, we are going to talk uh, the penultimate episode of Miss Marvel. Um, and we will probably get into Stranger Things, or not Stranger Things, uh, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll be caught Doing up excellent. there. Um, and then I don't know. We'll, we'll probably talk about The Boys as well because The Boys uh, season finale is coming up this Friday. So we'll talk yep. The Boys and uh, do a, a, an overview on the second half of the season overview on the beginning of yep. the season we'll do an overview on the the back half of the season um if you guys are enjoying the podcast we would really appreciate it if you would like subscribe rate and review wherever it is that you're listening we are on all the major podcast platforms yes. including neil's website glued to the screen.com that's glued to the screen.com go check it out neil you got to say to the people stream on everybody